Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit be with us, that you give us the comfort we need, that you open our hearts and minds to see you at work in our life and how we can draw upon what you've done for us in the, to affect the way we live and relate to others. Loving Father, give us a sense of your presence and your peace and remind us that you are with us. Help us to see what it means to be your disciples in this world, not just receiving your love, but being bearers of your love wherever we go. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. As I mentioned at the start, today's focus is on life with Jesus, persevering with forgiveness. Forgiveness can be a difficult thing, can't it? And many of us have probably experienced times where we've found it very difficult to forgive. I've come across many stories where people have said, I really want to forgive somebody, but I just can't do it. I just won't do it. But as Christians, the call for us and the challenge for us is to to be focused on, let's persevere with forgiveness. And we're going to explore today how that may take time, how it may, what it may look like, and how God can help us with that forgiveness. From Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Luke actually says, here's Jesus' response differently. If you go to the the Gospel of Luke and you hear that Jesus actually says, not 77 times, but 70 times seven, which for those mathematicians amongst us, that's 490 times. I don't know whether you'd remember how many times you've forgiven somebody if that was the case. But here's some things to reflect on as we think about forgiveness. And the first is this, is consider how much has God forgiven you? In the parable that we heard, the person who had been forgiven a substantial amount hadn't reflected on that, had taken God's forgiveness and not allowed it to affect how they relate to others. So I encourage you to continue to think about and consider How much has God forgiven you? Now you may think, well, I haven't committed much sin in my life, but think about all those times where you haven't loved God and where you haven't loved other people as God calls you to love them. The second thing I encourage you to reflect on and think about is how important is forgiveness in your relationships with others? How important is forgiveness in your relationships with other people. And the third question is this, how does forgiveness change you and your relationships with other people? Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. There's a story of two brothers who are taking the bus home, back home to um, see their dad. And they do this once or twice a year. One brother always looked forward to the trip. He is happy. 
and he'd enjoy the trip there and he'd, get, and he'd always look forward. The other brother did it out of duty and he wasn't too happy about it. And one day, the brother that was always happy said to the other, why aren't you happy? Why are you always grumpy and frowning as we go on this trip back home to see Dad? And the one that was grumpy and frowning said, you don't realise how bad Dad treated me. You don't realise some of the things he said. And the other one said, you mean like when he whacked us? You mean like when he spoke down to us? You mean like when he made us feel embarrassed in public? And the grumpy one said, oh, it happened to you too. But why are you so happy to go back and see him? He said, because I have forgiven him. I can see all the blessings that he's given me in my life. And I forgive him. And I look forward to that trip. And so you can see that forgiveness can have an effect on us personally. Some people who withhold forgiveness, and I was with a group yesterday who talked about this a little bit, they said sometimes when you see people withhold forgiveness, it actually makes them sick. And so the forgiveness has an important role in our life as humans, but it also has an important role in our life as Christians. But before we look more closely at today's text and a couple of key points of today's text, it's important to look at what is forgiveness because I think one of the problems in people approaching forgiveness is that they have a misunderstanding of forgiveness. So let's have a look at what is forgiveness or what could it be. The first thing is forgiveness is often not easy. It often is a difficult thing. You know, if you've ever been hurt, we need to respect. And if you've ever thinking about when you've got someone's called you to be involved in forgiveness, it's not necessarily going to be an easy thing. For some people it can be, but there's a lot of things that could happen as part of the forgiveness process. The second thing, forgiveness will cost. Someone once said to me, there is a cost in forgiveness. And that cost is that I no longer hold power over the other one with hurt, hate and hurt. And so there can be a cost in forgiving somebody. Forgiveness often takes time. It's usually not a quick thing for many things. Sometimes it can be easy and quick, but it can often, when a relationship is truly broken down, it often takes time. One of the saddest things that I see from time to time is that people will come to me and say, we want marriage counselling, And at least half of the people that do that, I won't say it's too late because it's never too late for God, but it's very late in the process and it's a very difficult process. And the the marriage counselling is often, you know, will take 10 sessions just to get to a point where people are starting to work towards a reconciliation and forgiveness. And the last point is important to remember. Forgiveness is not ignoring sin. Forgiveness is not ignoring sin. It's actually dealing with sin in the way that God calls us to deal with it. And if you think about last week's reading that we had in church, it's about approaching somebody who sinned against us and dealing with that sin. The two common words that are translated to forgiveness in the New Testament is aphimaim and charismai. Aphimaim means has a sense of being let go, 
It means to cancel. It means to remit. It means to leave. It means to set aside. It's been translated as to, to even suffer. It means to forsake. It means to let alone or forgive. Charisma means has even a bit more feeling about it. It means to let go. It means to give favour. It means to graciously deal with an issue. It means to pardon and graciously restore. And these are the two words that are most... that Whenever you read forgiveness in the New Testament, it's likely that it's come from either of those two words. The idea of letting go, to setting aside, to, to forgive, and to do it with grace, and to do it with pardon. The other thing that's helpful in us understanding forgiveness is to look at the context that our text comes up today in. Because everything has a context, and today's text comes from that Matthew 18. And I've already touched on that. We had last week's reading where Jesus had um, gathered the disciples and he's talking about that if a brother sins against you, go and do it one-on-one. Deal with the issue one-on-one. If you can't deal with it, take a witness, not to be your lawyer, but doesn't work, take it to the whole church. And if that doesn't work, treat people as a pagan or tax collector. But remember what we said last week is that think about the way Jesus treated pagan and tax collectors. So that's just the proceeding. But even before that, um, in verses 10 to 14, we see Jesus encouraging people that if one person is lost, and often a person who's lost is somebody who's been sinned against the community, um, if one person is lost, go and follow them up. Go and find them. In one of my previous parishes, there was a gentleman that um, would come to church for weddings, baptisms, funerals, and maybe Christmas. Um, and I got to know him, and he was, we spent a bit of time with him, and I talked to him, and I said, oh, what's the issue? And he says, oh, if I come to church, the roof is going to fall in. And my response was, why? And he started to tell me what he was like. He said, but I still believe. I just kept persevering with him. The unfortunate thing is he never came to church, but he was more open to talk about faith. And then we have, um, in verse 6 to 9, is not to cause a young one, a weak one to stumble. And then in verse 1 to 5 is, be lowly, be humble like children. So you see the context where Jesus is talking about this forgiveness, forgive your brother or sister. There's been this build-up that to deal with sin, but deal with sin in a way of forgiveness and reconciliation. Then I come across these thoughts on forgiveness. Instead of primarily seeking justice, I seek reconciliation. Instead of seeking revenge, I seek graciousness and mercy. Instead of seeing a person deal with their sins by them paying for their sins, I help them see that Jesus has paid for their sins and the Holy Spirit is helping them deal with their sins. And there's this thought as well. Forgiveness is a lifestyle to which we aspire rather than a duty we perform. It's not a matter of ticking the necessary boxes, but a matter of developing a heart yearning for Christ-likeness. And I would even go further. It's a, it's a heart yearning for Christ-likeness and building up the community and encouraging relationships. 
our reading today points to this, that forgiveness is a lifestyle rather than a duty we perform. You see, the, the discussion that Peter was having with Jesus comes out of also an Old Testament context. If you go to Amos chapter 1, verse 2, chapter 1 and 2, you see there's a discussion of how many times you should forgive occur. And the encouragement, the, the rabbis would say, it's good enough if you've tried to forgive three times. So why did Peter choose seven? Well, there's some discussion about that and the most likely reason is seven is seen in, in Jewish thinking as a perfect number, so aiming to forgive seven. One other scholar said that what Peter did is he add one, then du- he doubled it and then added one just to make sure. So he doubled it to six and then added one. But there's no written logic behind that. But you can see that Peter was, what he was doing was saying to Jesus, I'm prepared to go even beyond what the Old Testament says. Right? And he, Peter was probably thinking, I'm pretty good to do that. But Jesus flips it and says, no, no, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, Jesus is saying, have a heart in your relationships to look at forgiving. Don't think of your relationships about what you can get out of them or how better you can be, but rather look at your relationships of how you can go about forgiving people so there can be better relationships. And this last point, forgiveness does not necessarily mean you'll be back in a relationship with a person as it was previously. Remember, our relationship will be new and will be different. If you've ever been in a situation where you've had a major issue that you've had to deal with and you've had to forgive somebody, you can probably relate to that, that your relationship will be different if it's going to be healthy. And a good starting point on this is to think about, because of the actions of Jesus, God forgives us. And so our relationship with God is new and different. If you, go, if you use the logic of the Old Testament, the logic of and through the New Testament, you know, the previous way people understood that they had a relationship with God is through the law, through obedience to the law. But because Jesus has forgiven us, that's not the basis of our relationships. Our relationship is new and different. And likewise, when, whenever we have difficulties with people, whenever we struggle with people and we're involved in forgiveness, it's most likely that our relationship's going to be different. And I've seen this on a couple of occasions where couples have had a major issue, they've reconciled, and their relationship has been different. Different in a number of ways. They've had different ways of trusting. They've been more open. One couple, for instance, would share their passwords. And this may seem really basic, but I was amazed. They wouldn't let each other know their passwords on their mobile phone. And that caused a huge amount of distrust, at least for one. Well, afterwards, they shared their passwords. They had no problems in each other knowing all their personal business. Their relationship was now different. And so when we look at this text, and this text can be challenging, can be confronting, and it's not meant to be a text that Jesus says, God, look, you've just got to forgive people, get on with life, and uh, 
cop the abuse. That's not what's going on here. When we think about forgiveness, we need to think about our relationship with God. Forgiveness comes from our relationship with God. In verses 32 to 33, we hear this. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And then Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says something very similar. He puts it this way. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. And then, as many of us, as you know, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Well, that comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and from the, uh, the occasion in Luke where Jesus teaches about prayer, where it says, and forgive us our debts, which is our sins, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so when we talk about, when we in that situation ever where we need to be focused on intentionally forgiving people, the best starting place is to, is to come back to our relationship with God, is to sit and rely and reflect on how much God has forgiven us. But not only that, ask for God's help to deal with this situation that you're facing. Because forgiveness comes from our relationship with God. Us forgiving somebody doesn't earn us merit points with God, but what it does do, it reflects God's love into the world. It reflects who God is and the way he approaches it. So the encouragement as part of today's reading is to move from this attitude of, I've got to do forgiveness out of responsibility or obedience, to forgiveness becoming part of our lifestyle, to look at the, the way we forgive. Now, that doesn't mean it's ever going to happen easily every occasion but think about all your relationships that you have think about how having an attitude of forgiveness in those relationships will help them the blessings that it may bring to them and i want to share with you a story of two young men or two men ayek and anyang This story appeared on a show on the SBS called Look Into My Eyes. And I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it was a very powerful story. It appeared in 2017. The case was Ayek thought he had escaped the past. He was now safe in Australia. But then one Sunday, as he went to greet people in church, there he was. He couldn't believe it. His mind just went blank. The man who had beaten and tortured him in Sudan was there right in front of him at that church. He can vividly recall the days that this man would tie him up, beat him and leave him in the hot Sudanese sun for punishment. He would never forget that face. Ayik, at the age of 13, was a child soldier in Sudan. And the man now before him, Anyang, was a prison guard where Ayik was held captive and would inflict much pain on Ayik over a number of years. 
Aik said, at first, he said to Aang, I can't believe you're still alive. I thought you were dead somewhere. I used to pray to God every day that you got killed in the war for because of what you've done to me. Aik said, when I was a child soldier, I always dreamt about killing you on the battlefield. I swear to God, Aang, there's no way you would have lived if I'd crossed your path outside of prison. I would have used everything, but it didn't happen. Now, being here in Australia has taught me a lot of things. I have life now. No one can control me. No one. No one can tell me what to do. No one can touch me, especially someone like you. Now, 20 years later, Ang Yang was now reaching out to Ayak for forgiveness. Ang Yang said, At the time I was young and I thought I was doing the right thing. I didn't think about what you or anyone was feeling. I didn't even think about the pain that they were receiving. That was a mistake. Ayak still had a few things he wanted to get off his chest before he'd decide whether he'd forgive Anyang or not. In a gut-wrenching and heartfelt speech, Ayak described how Anyang's torture, beatings and imprisonment had stripped him of his innocence and his childhood. Going back to the training, you put me in jail a few times, Ayak said to Anyang, as they sat a metre apart from each other, looking each other in the eyes. There were a lot of other child soldiers there, Ang Yang, with me. I want to know exactly, did you ever kill any of them? Whether it was a mistake or what what have you done, I want to know. As beads of sweat rolled down now, the 43-year-old Ang Yang's brow, he told a weeping Ayak that he hadn't taken anyone's life but had made many terrible mistakes. He confessed, what I did is something wrong. Mistakes that happen. Part of it is that I was young. I was not well educated. Now I am growing up. So I know what is bad and what is good. And my innocence was no excuse. I will prove it to you that I have changed. Begging for Ayak's forgiveness, Ang Yang said he needed a friend. He needed a brother to help him heal. Ang Yang said to Ayak, let's work together, please. I understand the feeling in your heart. Every single night when the memories come up, what I, what I did, it's there in my mind also. When I revise what happened, I don't feel comfortable. I don't sleep. I need a friend. I need a brother. I need someone so that we can share the ideas together. Where will I get that person? It is you. Today is one of the hardest days of my life. Ayak, who had joined the army at 13, said he wanted to forgive because he wanted to leave his soldier days behind him. I don't want to live on like this anymore. I want to be able to say hello, be happy and shake hands. I want you to move on with your life and any time you see me, don't think I have anything against you. It's like a scar. The reality is the scar is always there, but I think it is healed now. 
And then the words came out of Aak's mouth. I forgive you and I mean it. Go on with your life and be good. There's too much to live for. And that was in 2017. And in 2020, Aak released a book about his story called The Lost Boy, where he says forgiving Anion helped him heal from the past and from the difficulties that he experienced in his life. You see, forgiveness is a powerful thing. It's a thing that helps both parties. It's a thing that reflects God's love. It's a thing that helps us know we are loved, but also know others are loved by God. As Romans chapter 12 verse 21 reminds us, forgiveness is about this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I encourage you as, you, as we live our lives, is to think about what does it mean for forgiveness to be a lifestyle? Don't just imagine a world where forgiveness happens. Be part of a world where forgiveness is present and experienced by others. May God help you in your relationships. May God help you in forgiving others who need forgiveness. Not so your relationships are good, that's one important part, but also so others get to experience the type of forgiveness that God has created and made possible, that one that comes from Jesus Christ who died on the cross, not because we deserved it, but because we needed it. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love and the mercy you have for us. We pray that you be with us and help us constantly in our relationships with others. Where there are times where we need to ask for forgiveness, give us the courage to ask for it. Where there are times and places where people are asking for forgiveness, help us to work through that situation, to be able to forgive people genuinely in your name. And loving Father, we thank you most importantly for the forgiveness you have for us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.